Welcome to the Valley Church. Our mission is to see changed lives, and we hope this relevant teaching inspires you to take the next step in your journey. Thanks for checking out the podcast and enjoy the message. Hey, good morning, Valley Church friends. We're so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're tuning in and making Jesus a part of your life, whether it's Sunday or through the week. Um, God just honors our time when we make him a priority in our life, and I'm just so glad we have this time together today. I'm Shelley Rittenhouse. I'm the worship arts director here at the Valley Church, um, and one of my favorite songs, because you know I have to talk about music, is Do What You Want To, and I love it because I feel like it totally encompasses um, my, my walk with Christ, and when I totally surrendered the steering wheel from him, Uh, and gave it to him, he kind of took my life and uh, took it not just from the classroom and teaching third grade. Um, He made a huge turn and and brought me into the church and is really starting to use um, me in ways I would have never imagined, including doing this with you all today. So it is truly a privilege. Uh, My testimony reminds me a lot of the dude that we've been talking about for the last three weeks, and that is Paul. Second Timothy is a book that Paul wrote in his last days. And a lot of the times I feel like we, we like study scripture and we look at these guys and we kind of write off the facts or maybe we just forget that Paul was a dude. Like he was a human being. <laughs> he didn't have like Mr. Incredible strength or any like supernatural abilities that you and I don't have. Um, he walked this world just like we do, and he has a faith that was similar to you and I, or one that we can have, um, and that Jesus did big things through Paul, because Jesus said, do what, or Paul said, do what you want to, um, and so that's just one thing I just encourage us to think about today as we read this scripture. He wasn't like, it's not like Jack and the Beanstalk, it wasn't mythical, it's, he's not a fairy tale, he's a guy, um, or a gal just like one of us. Um, so let's go to the jail cell today, all right, because this is where Paul is as he writes. Um, today we get to look at the last of last words. I mean, Second Timothy are, is like kind of his exit, but I mean, we are looking at the last chapter today and getting a good look at the last thoughts he was having, like possibly even 24 hours or less from um, being, being killed for Christ. So let's read. I want you to picture yourself in a dusty, moldy, cold dungeon, okay? Maybe even close your eyes, smell the smells, feel the feels, and just maybe listen to me read this to you today. 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 8. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and dead, and in the, viewing, in the view of his appearing in his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word, be prepared in season and out, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people won't put up with sound doctrine. Instead, they'll suit their own desires and will gather around them a great number of teachers that with their itching and tell them what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn away from the truth and turn aside to miss. But you, he's talking to Tim, he's talking to me, he's talking to you. Keep your head in all situations 
endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, and discharge all your duties of your ministry. For I am already poured out like a drink offering. That means he's done. He's given himself a full. And the time of my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I've kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which is the Lord, the righteous judge, who will reward me on that day. And not only to me, but all of those who have longed for his appearing. You see, the one thing that Paul has on all of us is perspective. He's within hours of his last breath. And none of us are quite there yet. You don't really know until you've been there. Like I remember being a young adult and going to Walmart and I would see these little kids in the cart and their hair was like all whack. And I was like, oh man, like couldn't you just take five minutes and brush her little hair before you brought her to the grocery? And lo and behold, perspective. I'm glad my children aren't here <laughs> because they look like I haven't ran a brush through their hair because little did I know that that mother may have bathed her children, brushed her, their hair, put it in bows, stuck them in the car seat, and by the time they got them into the grocery cart at Walmart, they look like they've been rolling around in the grass for like two weeks, like legit. <laughs> I know because I've, I've been there now and my perspective has changed. And so that's what I want us to do today is take this perspective of Paul. Can I ask you a question? Like really, what if um, you knew, and I was here, I'm telling you the news, Jesus is coming tomorrow. I'm not even telling you morning or evening, okay? <laughs> He's coming. Like, would you seriously feel like you could say right now that you finished strong? I don't know. I went to a funeral last week for a family member and I stood at this graveside gathering and I listened to the pastor talk about this man that was a relative of mine and his neighbor and twice as he spoke, he talked about having regret. And I'm not even lying to you. Yesterday I was listening on K-Love and the radio host had just lost someone as well. And he was like, I just really regret not taking them to dinner one more time. And so I know we don't like wake up every day and think about regrets. And I know we don't wake up every day and think about death. And how am I going to live today like I'm going to die tomorrow? But Paul has some great perspective for us. And I think it's going to change our thinking today. But first, let's take a look at this clip.
one thing I think this video portrays so well is when the head coach hands over that playbook to his assistant. He's done. The coach intentionally got thrown out of the game because he believed that his assistant coach could do it. And he said, here, here is the playbook. You know these plays have worked, they've been tested and proven, you've seen them work. Now it's your turn, go. And that look on his face, right? He's like freaking out that like it's his turn. And that's kind of what Paul did to Tim. He's saying, here are my plays. In verse five, here is what worked for me. It's your turn. You see, a lot of the times we think that we're like, I think that like I'm trying to wake up. I'm trying to be the best mom I can be. I'm going to try my best to, um, you know, keep myself pulled together, love Jesus, serve my family, and we're going to have a great day, right? But some days I think that me, and maybe you too, if you will admit a little bit, that we might be like this meme of Michael Scott. Please tell me some of you are like with me <laughs> with the office. Michael Scott decides to run a 5K because he got inspired by rabies, okay? And bless his heart, he was so well-intended. But it says, I ate more fettuccine Alfredo and drank less water than I have in my entire life, okay? <laughs> he meant so well, he thought he was doing the right things when he was really off base. <laughs> I would not like, you know, recommend dehydrating yourself before you go run a race. And so I think that that is what Paul is trying to say to us. So let's do this. All do me a favor. Tap on your phones on that lock screen and tell me what pops up. I don't care if you have a flip phone, it works for you too, I promise. <laughs> I think it's really important for you to actually feel your phone and see your phone. I know there's an image for you, but every single one of us, when you top, tap on your lock screen, you see the time and you see the date. I don't like deadlines. I'm not much for deadlines. I kind of like a schedule in my life, but you know what? I hate to say it, but... It doesn't matter if we like time or not. Guys, we all operate on time. At 6.30 every morning, my daughter's in my bedroom. At 7.30 every night, I am putting her to bed. On August 1st, I am going to be headed back to school. And it doesn't matter if I like those deadlines and times or dislike them, they're coming. And so in order to finish strong and to live well, and to not have regrets, Paul gives us a plan. Why? Because we want to see Jesus, right? Maybe that's a decision you haven't made today. Because, you know, there's two teams in this game. And the game has started. The clock is moving. I know I don't like to, like, think about the last days and try to, like, wonder if I'm living in them. But I do know I am a day closer today than I was yesterday than to seeing Jesus and an hour closer than I was an hour ago. And I want to see Jesus and I don't want to go there alone. I want my daughters, Myla and Ren, I want them to be there with me. 
And you see, I feel that way about a lot of my friends and a lot of my family, and it's hard to not tear up. Because whether I want to deny time or not, I've got the, the clocks going, and we've got to pick a team. It says in Scripture that we can't be lukewarm. All right? You're hot or you're cold or you're spewed out. So maybe you're today, you're like, okay, cool, like we've got to run a race. What are you talking about? Well, first of all, you got to identify what team you're on. And I encourage you today that if you haven't picked a team, that you just say a simple prayer and ask Jesus to just do what you want to, like I did with my life, like Paul did with his. Let's take a look at verse 5, because this gives us our game plan. Are you ready? This is our game plan. So Paul says these are like his, I want to say like his plays. Like, so if you got a playbook from somebody that you really admired, these would be his plays. 2 Timothy 4, 5 says, But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and, full, and carry out the ministry God has given you. So the first thing he tells us is to have a clear mind. I don't know about you, but that sounds so desirable. Um, other versions say have a sobering mind, have a sobered mind. And what this just means, guys, is that we need to detox our minds. We need to practice self-control. We need that our reactions to be less human life, human-like to our situations that surround us, and more Jesus-like. I used to play soccer in high school, and about this time every year, we would start conditioning. I hate conditioning. I still hate conditioning. It's running and running and doing more running and then doing some push-ups and running more and doing some sit-ups. And I was like, this has nothing to do with making me a better soccer player. Can we get the ball out, people? And finally, by August, we'd be getting the ball out and doing some drills and making touches on balls. It felt a little bit more relevant to me, but I just wanted to play the game. And that reminds me so much of this because that's probably why I was never really a great soccer player. Because I didn't want to put in the conditioning. And guys, we need to condition our minds. He says, first, before we do anything else, just, we need to clear our minds. We need to have Christ-like reactions to situations. And I am not going to stand up here and pretend to you like I have mastered that. Guys, I, I have to get up and read scripture every day and still struggle sometimes. But with practice, we get better and better and better. And that becomes more apparent in our minds. 2 Corinthians 7.1, I love this verse because it says, with promises like this to pull us on, dear friends, let's make a clean break with everything that defiles or distracts us. You see, he's not just saying, hey, like, don't do bad things, all right? He's not saying, oh, don't break those Ten Commandments. He's saying, don't even get distracted. Sometimes we can have really good things that are going on in our life, but if they're distracting us, from conditioning on our minds and keeping focused on, on tomorrow, then maybe we need to weed some of those things out. Because see, our goal is to live fit and holy lives that are worthy temples for the Lord to live in. 
So the first thing we need to do, we need to clear our mind. We need to like de- do a detox and start practicing being, having more Jesus-like reactions out of our bodies because people will see the difference. The second thing we need to do is endure suffering. I know I'm bringing like the best news you've heard all week. <laughs> You're like, okay, we got a condition. Ew. All right, we've got to endure hardship. Um, to endure means to go through, to hold on, or persist. All right, it doesn't mean that you have to be like smiling. For some reason, I feel like people get these false ideas that like when we are going through hard times, that we need to be excited about it. I mean, God can use these hard times, and he does when we commit our lives to him. But, but hard times are hard times. And, and Paul says to endure hardship. You see, he didn't say, hey, guys, if you, hey, Tim, hey, you guys, if, if you have hardship, then just endure it. No, he said endure hardship. In John 16, it confirms, like, in this world, we're going to have trouble. I don't think there's a person I know that hasn't had a time of trouble in their life. Like Pastor Mark said, I think it was two weeks ago, the easy way, it's not the Christian way. Because, you know, sometimes it would be easier to just give up. But you see, Paul spoke from experience, all right? Paul was kidnapped, beaten, threatened, arrested on several occasions, accused, interrogated, ridiculed, ignored, shipwrecked, and eventually put to death for the Lord. So Paul didn't say this to be lofty. He didn't like tell us this without leading a life of example. And there's another guy I know that came to earth too. His name is Jesus Christ to show us how to endure some of this hardship. So I like a good how-to. During quarantine, one of my favorite how-tos was the how to make um, the the whipped coffee. So good. If you haven't tried whipped coffee, you're going to have to Google that and and try out that how-to. But I like that Paul and I like that Jesus didn't leave out how they got through these hardships. Um, And so here they are. The PPP. Prayer, praise, and people. You see, before Jesus would go into um, a tough time, if he knew something was coming up and he needed to prepare himself or he saw hardship, he would remove himself. It says um, in Luke 5, 16, he would go to the desert and pray. I know that a lot of things in this life, we want like that instant gratification, but I'm here to tell you prayer can help you with that too. I've been through times in my life where I've just been all stirred up and I pray for peace and I can't stand here today and not, and not tell you my personal experience, but there is a peace that passes all understanding. We gotta pray. Endure hardship by praying. Endure hardship by praise. All right, this is no joke. So Paul, he's a dude just like you and me. He's with his buddy, Silas, and they were in jail. Again, he had 
put in, put in jail for talking about Jesus. It's great. Um, and he wasn't down there with Silas like, can you believe that guy? I can't believe he even looked at me that way. I can't believe... They weren't down there like griping or feeling sorry for themselves. They were down there singing praise to Jesus. And they sang praise. Okay, talk about instant gratification. They were singing praise to Jesus. And there was an earthquake. And their chains broke free. And the prison door legit opened. And they became free. You can't make this stuff up. You can read about that at another time in Acts 16. But the last thing I wanted to help us all with, like readjust, because this one was big for me. To endure hardship, we need people. There was a time in my life that, and it was the hardest time in my life, that I removed all people. People had failed me. And instead of just realizing that I was enduring hardship, I, I just got rid of people when I needed them the most. And that has been a transformational thing in my life is to have girlfriends that I can pick up my phone and say, will you pray for me today? And I would pop up my phone right now and show you several texts because that, that happens and it happened today and it has happened in the past. And I know that there are people that are walking alongside me that will help me endure hardship. You saw this with Jesus in the garden. All right, Jesus went to the garden to pray right before they were going to arrest him, before he was going to be taken and crucified. And he brought his 12 buddies with him. We see this with Paul. Man, Paul always liked to have a buddy with him. We if you read through the New Testament, you'll hear about Paul and Silas, Paul and Barnabas, Paul and Timothy. This guy had people. And not just people, but Jesus and Paul both brought along people close to them that were of the next generation. And that was so intentional. Because those people that were watching them endure the hardship were able to pass that on after Paul was gone. Hence this note to Timothy. This could be one of the most important parts that I want to communicate today is to endure hardships well, we need to have a clear mind. When we practice that self-control, then when we get deeper roots in the Lord and deeper roots that we're holding tighter to Jesus through things, when those waves of life roll through, we are able to endure hardship. And those people that are around us not only can encourage us and support us, but they're going to watch us thrive. So we want to have a clear mind first, because that's going to help us be successful as we endure hardship. And when we do this, guys, people are watching us. And they are like, there's just something different. And because they've gained your respect because you are who you say you are, they become more receptive to this last thing that Paul tells us to do, which is to evangelize, which just means share. Share Jesus with those people. When we have a clear mind and we can endure hardship with people and they're like holding our hands through this, whether they know Jesus or not, when we get to the end, we're able to share Jesus. And they've seen, just like that playbook, they've seen that those plays work. They've seen that that scripture holds true. 
And you know, I know God is a God of order. You see, he didn't create animals before he created the sun or before he divided the water and the earth. And so what I guess I want to communicate with you today is it's not too late. It's not too late. I don't know where you're at today. I don't know if you've even picked a team. What jersey are you wearing? If you're not sure, this would be a good time to pick that team. And there's no special prayer you need to pray. You just need to say, Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you are who you say you are. And I just invite you to do what you want to in my life. Maybe some of you are there, but you're just like, I don't know, maybe you're just happy you made the team, you know? You're like, I'm here, I'm team Jesus. But if you realize you were dying tomorrow, you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, I didn't get to tell my son or my daughter about you. I didn't get to condition my mind well enough so that they saw me living out your truths so that they were ready to hear that. Do you want to finish strong? That's the question. And you know what? There is a quote that I think wraps everything up today. I've heard lots of coaching quotes, okay? <laughs> like, play every minute like it's your last. But one of my favorites that I think is appropriate for today is, what time is it? It's game time. Whoop. Be blessed. Let's finish strong, friends. for joining us today. To stay up to date with our weekly messages, make sure to subscribe and follow us on social media. You can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or download our app to stay connected with all things the Valley. And if today's message impacted you, share it with a friend, because changed lives change lives. <laughs>